I'm James Stewart, and this is Timeline from Vermont Public Classical. This is our third episode exploring the life of 18th-century French composer, violinist, and conductor Joseph Boulogne-Chevalier de Saint-Georges. We're answering the question, why was this incredibly talented individual, who was quite popular in his day, barely known to us today? In the last episode, we spoke about Joseph's heritage, being the son of a Senegalese enslaved individual and French aristocrat. In this episode, we'll dive into the early life of this multi-talented prodigy. Joseph was a bright student and an amazing athlete. He was skilled on horseback, at swimming, skating, and marksmanship. Perhaps his greatest physical skill was fencing, which was very popular at the time. Joseph enrolled in a fencing academy, and by the age of 15, he was beating some of the finest swordsmen in France. When Joseph was around 17, he caught the attention of the fencing master, Alexandre Picard. Picard made public statements about this young upstart in the fencing world and called him a horrible racial slur. The two were then set to have a duel, a face-off in a public fencing match. People started betting on the competition, so much so that it became a proxy for those who supported and those who opposed slavery in the empire. Joseph won handily, much to the delight of his father, who then bought him a horse and buggy, basically a brand new car. The next year, Joseph was made an officer of the king's bodyguard and chevalier, or knight, adding to his long name, Joseph Boulogne Chevalier de Saint-Georges. He became a darling son of Parisian society. Everyone wanted to be around him. When others challenged him, he was usually able to disarm them with his words, his charm, and his wit. When that didn't work, he took up arms. He was nicknamed the God of Arms, meaning he was well-versed in many different kinds of physical combat and even taught the discipline at the Royal Academy. At the same time, Chevalier was also deep in his studies as a violinist and composer. It was expected that members of French nobility would take music lessons, and some excelled to the point of being called professional. Chevalier became a professional. Composer Carl Stamets even called him an invaluable gift. Chevalier studied the violin with prominent musicians like Jean-Marie Leclerc, one of the founders of the French Violin School, in composition with Francois-Joseph Gossic, who dedicated his six trios, Opus 9, to Chevalier. In 1769, Chevalier was appointed first violin of a new ensemble founded by Gossic and bankrolled by his father, called the Concert of Amateurs. The group quickly won acclaim in Paris. When Gossic left the leadership of the ensemble a few years later, Chevalier, only 24 at the time, took over as director. This was a large orchestra with over 75 musicians. During his time as director, the orchestra debuted and introduced the symphonies of Franz Josef Haydn to the city of Paris. Later, Chevalier would commission Haydn and work with the older composer in Vienna during the creation of Haydn's Paris symphonies. Chevalier premiered his own two violin concertos, Opus 2, in 1772. They were so successful that a French publisher jumped at the opportunity to have exclusive rights to print any of his future works, like a big record deal or recording contract. Chevalier's star was rising in Paris, and it seemed like the sky was the limit. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing the sky is not the limit, just based on the way you just said that. <laughs> sounds like we're gonna, it sounds like we're gonna hit some limits here soon. That's my colleague Myra Flynn, the creator and host of the podcast Homegoings. And of course, Myra's right, there is a limit coming to this story. 
Chevalier's amazing talent and rich father can only take him so far. Yeah, there's just always uh, a very common thread or story of like how far you can get under that protection before some that person's gone and you have to fend for yourself and the world is not going to like allow you that. You are how people see you. And if you're black, then you will always be marked um, in this world. And the revolution to turn that around is, you know, it ebbs and flows. It's, it, it's in some ways just beginning and in some ways just beginning all over again. In our next episode, we'll explore how Chevalier sought out revolution. Stay with us and follow the timeline at vermontpublic.org slash timeline.